okay, this is the next episode of 10 Questions and this is Thinker. And on the other end with me, I've got Chloe Mastagi. Hi, everyone. And hey, Hi. how's it going? I'm so excited to be on this. This is oh, fun. It's, it, it's, it's good. I, uh, I, I remember whenever I uh, reached out to ask if you'd be willing to do an episode, it, 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 part of it was because I had already had uh, I'd already had uh, Alyssa and um, Philip Wiley that I had both talked to, and then I and I saw that you were doing the the uh, podcast with them uh, for was it ISTP magazine? Yeah, ITSP magazine. ITSP yep. magazine. Um, so uh, so at, at at the end, we'll uh, you know we'll give you a, give you a second to plug that by all means. Um, but yeah, that's that, that's entirely why I was like, hmm, let's get the trifecta here. <laughs> and I even think <laughs> I said something like that whenever I sent you the message. Um, but uh, I, you know that that was the original driver for me doing that. But then I must say that after FajitaCon recently, and yes, this is dropping in 2021. This is an old story. <laughs> uh, it, it's, this goes a little ways back by the time you're listening to this. But Hopefully COVID-19 is gone. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Magically. Uh, but, but yeah, so, so FajitaCon 2020, the, the, the debut fajita right there, um, yeah, was, you ended up doing two separate talks. Both of them, I was really, I was really attached to the topic because it was, it, it was a lot about how the brain works, how, how people approach certain things because of, because of how the brain works and that's that's always been an interesting topic to me so rolls right in right smoothly into question number one (laughs) what is what what got you so interested in that in that broader topic of understanding how the brain works understanding uh how to trigger the brain to maybe work a little bit differently and stuff like that Yeah. um, So I would have to say back in high school, I took uh, like uh, honors anatomy and physiology. And I remember being obsessed with the brain when I started learning. I'm like, wait, this is a section that does this and that. I want to know everything. So I wanted to be a neuroscientist. But the thing was, was that I didn't do so good in AP chem. And so like, these are things like, oh, okay, if I'm not good in 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 the sciences, maybe I should just go into poli sci. Um, but I also always wanted to be someone who would do humanitarian work when I was little. Mm-hmm. So I went uh, to UC Davis. I did my undergrad. I got really bored, so I graduated a year early. And then I went out and did some UN volunteering work. But the whole time, I'd also always keep reading about the brain. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to University of Edinburgh to do my education, um, it was really interesting because the thing that went through my mind was the whole thing about empathy. How do we have empathy? How do we create empathy? Is this something that we can learn? Is this something we can use um, to our advantage, but also actually mean it? Because empathy is, you've got to mean it too. Mm-hmm. And so I started to try to understand how we can change the minds of suicide bombers. And so why are they doing what they're doing? Or why are we looking at terrorists as someone who is someone doing this and that? How do we change that behavior? How do we kind of get to know each other a little bit more? Um, Because it was a lot of, you know, pointing fingers without understanding the other perspective and also like 
wearing their shoes. It's very hard to be in a war-torn area. You're on survival mode. You're not going to think big picture thoughts because you're thinking of everyday needs of, will my family be safe? Do we have a home? Will we lose this home the next day? Will I lose another family member? Do I have food? Do I have water? What happens if someone is pregnant in the family? How do they go get help? Like These are the things that go through someone's mind. So I started studying the brain because of it. And ever since then, I've been very obsessed with it still. Um, so that hasn't changed. But the whole thing is, I think it's really important for us to understand each other. And the only way we're going to understand each other is by being you know, very data-driven in a sense. So showing that this is scientifically studied, these are the evidence for it, here are the data points, because you, it's very hard to question things like that mm -hmm. in comparison to being like, oh, everyone could be empathetic. That's not always true. So yeah. it's good to always know how the brain works, how it functions, how we can be better players in this world. Well, and it, I think it's interesting that you keep on using, uh, they keep on using the word empathy in that conversation. Um, uh, you know, I, me with uh, with uh, being autistic, I you know I, I've always heard that oh, people that are autistic aren't empathetic. You know, they, they they have no empathy. They don't. They do not connect to people's emotions. But um, it's it's at a it's at an interesting gray area right now because with the the last time that they uh, revised the diagnostic manual um, that was that's actually something that's been backed off on and they continue to look at it and you know speaking as speaking from experience I can tell you I am probably one of the more empathetic people uh, that, that in any groupings I'm around, um, and you talk to some, you, you talk to some autistics and they, they say that the empathy is, is at such a level, it's almost, uh, disabling. Yeah. Um, it's, it, that is a true thing. Um, especially with, and the reason I bring this up is I used to be a special ed teacher. Mm -hmm. And so most of my kids were autistic. And mm -hmm. so one of the things was that colors, I would make sure not to use certain colors because it would, it would bring out emotions. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things is that a lot of people that have like special, I don't even like special needs, to be honest. I'm someone who's, was a highly dyslexic as a kid, mm -hmm. have ADD and all that. Mm -hmm. And it just, in reality, it's not that it's, you think, you have a different way of processing information. You learn differently. It doesn't mean less or more. It just means you think differently mm -hmm. in a sense. But usually kids that have been in through the special ed or considered as special ed, they tend to be a lot more sensitive. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that could be also because they have a higher amount of empathy because they had to go through something that challenging to trying to understand another human being, especially if you have to learn how someone functions, uh, what does a smile look like? What is actually like happiness? What's actually sadness? You're mm -hmm. trying to understand another person's perspective mm -hmm. and trying to know everything that that person is going through because you want to know. You want to have that connection so then you can be more real with the other person so there's no uh, miscommunications. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, totally. It's, uh, I, 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 I always find myself trying to draw out like every detail, you know, you know, I, I, 
it's 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 funny. I make I, I I make learning about people and their reactions and how they experience their emotions almost it, it's almost a data driven project for me because it's observation. Okay, there's this. It lines up with that. Lines up with this. Lines up with that. And in the long run, um, you know, in, in, in the long run, hey, you know what? I can feel for somebody or, uh, you know, I can, I can acknowledge, you know, maybe if, you know, maybe I don't find the joke funny, but I can acknowledge why somebody else finds a joke funny and, right. stuff, and, and stuff like that. I get it. But a lot of the reactions that you end up seeing from people that, uh, that don't, fall into that umbrella of, uh, uh, generally fall into that umbrella of being neurodivergent. Um, they, you know, like in a case of, you know, it's okay. It's a joke. The joke's funny. Yeah. I see the, yeah, the joke's funny. Well, why didn't you laugh? I didn't feel like laughing. Uh, or, or, or even and and this is not something that is that this part of it's not something that's, uh, you know, exclusive or almost exclusive to that neurodivergent umbrella but sometimes you don't even find a joke funny yeah. and it's you know and hey i i tell you i get i get that personally sometimes <laughs> close to home you know it's i i don't laugh at something because i don't find it funny and i get questioned that was that was funny why are you laughing yeah <laughs> everyone so, has their own sense of humor come oh, on <laughs> But, but, but yeah, all, all of that to say is that, yeah, the brain, people still don't even know the half no. of what goes on in the brain, of how it works. Um, and, you know, you, you, you can easily do, even in the part of neuroscience that, uh, th that we know a lot about, um, you can e still easily do something minuscule and screw somebody up. Yeah. It's, and it's really true. Um, it, people are, I think a lot of us in InfoSec, we tend to be very sensitive um, mm -hmm. in general. And so because of that, little things will throw us off. Mm -hmm. So I always like tell people, like, don't be a troll. Like, just please don't do that. Because this is just, you don't know what, you're, it might be funny to that person, but in the end, that's going to hurt someone. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's hard because you have to learn through your life to have a thicker shell or, you know, some sort of way to protect you from that kind of stuff and just kind of remember like, okay, this person is just joking around, not serious for me to remember. Um, it's a, it's tricky. Um, but it, it's a lot easier to read people when you see them in person than mm -hmm. something like you see that's written. I think a lot of times we overanalyze the words that we use and in reality, we should be seeing more eye to eye kind of thing. Um, it's really interesting because in other cultures around the world, a smile doesn't, it can mean different things. Um, but you can always tell someone is actually smiling through their eyes. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's always something I always try to remind myself is that it's not just like how it's, it's how we read people, but also know that we put our cultural biases on it. Like there's so much bias in the world in just general. But the mm -hmm. thing is, is just to be cognizant of those things mm -hmm. and be wanting to work on yourself. At yeah. the end of the day, it, and just it, it's funny that you bring up the you know probably it's even better to be in person face to face anyway. Um, one time while I was working in uh, in uh, TV news, I remember there was one day that 
I, I needed to find out something from the sports guy. I was, I was putting together the six o'clock news and I needed to find out something from the sports guy. And, uh, you know, and I, I know a lot of the bigger newsrooms, like literally everybody sports news, whether everybody's all in the same bullpen, but um, you know, it, there's, there's plenty of places where sports has a different office, uh, whether, you know, keeps their office in the studio. Um, so I got up to go down to the sports office and I put my head in to ask a question. And the first thing out of the sports guy's mouth, why don't you just pick up the phone and call me? I like doing business face to face. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just, it, it just works better for me at least. Yeah. And that's the thing, like a lot of people need to understand. I think just in general, some people are better at talking to on the phone. Some people prefer eye to eye. Um, and then some people prefer Rin. And that's the thing is like, we have to, we all have to make sure that we're helping the other person. So if they don't feel comfortable doing this way versus the other way, we need to do it anyway at the yeah. end of the day. And that's the only way. Well, and, and every time I, even I listen back to any of the podcast, every time I hear myself, I'm like, Oh, 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 um, <laughs> The I, trick I, is don't listen. No, just kidding. <laughs> there, there, hey, there, there's something to how I to how I do the format of this because because unless there's something major that needs to be taken away, I just go trim the beginning, trim the end, <laughs> upload it. <laughs> um, so, uh, but but now I know that my verbal communication isn't smooth, mm. but man, I. I can just get on fire whenever I'm writing, especially, uh, especially, you know, combining with, uh, with OCD, ADHD and everything else I've got going on in my head. Um, Twitter's actually is the perfect platform for me. Yeah. You know, that would be. <laughs> so, okay. I, I, I feel like, I feel like we could, uh, churn on this one all night. So, <laughs> So, Twitter. So, well, no, just just still just still with how the brain works. Yeah. Um, you know, it, I don't uh, I don't often get the chance to to talk to somebody that has has such a heavy interest in it. So uh, so who knows? Maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna say, hey, let's do this again and let's just talk about the brain. Yeah, and I can give you plenty of different books that you should read. So, um, but yeah, for the meantime, I got to stay on brand. I've got to move gotcha. on. I've got let's 10 questions to hit. Um, okay, so question number two. Um, and I go blank, even though I pull up source material for the question. <laughs> <laughs> it's only Tuesday, don't worry. Oh, it's it, it's Tuesday, it's, but I... But, it feels but like my, Monday. Well, it, it's... <laughs> everything feels several days off these days. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, if anybody looks on, uh, your website, uh, Chloe, slash about, you've got your section there that says outside infosec, the type, you know, what's, what are the highlights of life outside of that? And one of the things that you have listed is that you're a creative writer. Um, yeah. Is is that just is that just hobby writing something something to uh, you know f feed the need of getting ideas out of your head or do you right. actually do you actually uh, take that and maybe at least blog it or you know 
put, you know, publish it in some other form? Yeah. So, um, I haven't really had time to do any writing these days because running like so many different things. Um, mm -hmm. But when I have my downtime, I usually uh, write in my journal. So I do try to write in my journal. I used to do every day, but now it's like once a week because of just exhaustion. Um, but I used to write a lot of poetry, like a lot. Um, I, yeah, like all the time when I would commute. So when I used to have to commute for, to work or something, I would, I would do these 10 minute poems. So, you know, I just do uh, three lines and then another three lines and then another three lines. Mm -hmm. And it would just be like this kind of normal sequence that I'd always do. Um, and I really liked it a lot. I actually posted a bunch of them on a blog, like anonymously, and then I took down the blog. Um, yeah, so it was, it was definitely something I was really doing at the time. I, it was about, I got really into it, I think about three years ago or something. I was with someone and I would write poems and then, so what I was, okay, this is very cute actually. So what I did for this person was that uh, because we were far away from each other, um, it was very hard to like see each other all the time. So what I would do is from day one, uh, when we started going out, I started writing poems. And so every day I would write a poem and then I put it all together on a website and I was going to give him like basically this line so he could do a search. And when he searches that exact line, it would take him to the website and it would have all the poems. So I was planning to give it to like the one year anniversary, mm. but we didn't get to the one year anniversary, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but it was a really cute gift. And like yeah. the other day, I mean, I would, I'd be smitten. I would definitely be smitten a lot. But, and then I kind of, I kept writing a bit and then I would always do it during my commute hours though. Okay. Because that's the only time I find. <laughs> what, what, was, what was there, uh, what, was there any other form of poetry that you would do if you, branched out to anything extra? Mm, I used to, so one thing I like to do is do storytelling. So sometimes I'll write things out. I mean, the thought has gone through my mind. Like if I'm going to write a book one day, what would I write about? How would I write it? How would it sequence go? I'm very interested in like doing something creative. So it might be like a boring book, but there'll be some little parts of it that's very creative that only a few people will catch. So that is my plan of doing. Um, but I got really into writing because I couldn't really read and write until I would say, okay, so I couldn't read until about sixth grade because mm -hmm. uh, the dyslexia was so bad. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I started reading, I read a lot of Harry Potter so that made my life way easier and I loved reading suddenly. So I kept on reading and it, it, it was amazing. Like Harry Potter changed my life. Let's just put it that way um, for reading purposes. But writing, I wanted to do a lot of creative writing when I was younger. And then because my dad, he likes to write. So he would write all the time um, just for himself, like short stories or books and whatnot. So I, I picked up on that. Let's put it that way. And so then okay. I would start doing some creative writing, but usually it's storytelling. Okay. E ever tried, uh, ever tried combining the, the poetry and the storytelling and uh, try, trying to do, uh, write a, a epic poem? Yeah. So, um, I have done a few of them. I'll just have to find them. I'll share them if I find them. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but I do have, I, I just, yeah, 
the the writing thing is something I enjoy. So whenever I do have a writing project, I will probably be a ghost writer for those things. Um, there is one that I have written something that's going to be published soon, but it's it's not going to be stated yet. But it's still people, secret. well, it's still a secret. But I, like I said, I like to leave little puzzles in whatever I write. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I look forward to it. Will, will it be out by the time this drops? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It should definitely be out by then. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I, I will just be on the edge of my seat for about another year. <laughs> oh, it'll, 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 be, it'll be posted in summertime. Let's just put it that way. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, so you, you talked a little bit about, uh, about uh, being dyslexic. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I've I, I've dealt with a plethora of things myself, but that's actually that, that's one difficulty I, I've never really experienced. What 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 is that like? Right. So a lot of people think, oh, you just read things backwards. No, but I can do that a lot faster than the average person. No. Um, <laughs> well, so dyslexia. There's there's various different types. Um, some are like dyscalculia, which is like numbers and all that. Languages in general, I would see a bunch of words, not be able to sound them out. So what happened was that I learned speech and um, I guess English was through speech. So everything like I would hear around me, I would be able to say it. I was a late walker. I also was a late talker. I was very inquisitive as a kid. Apparently I would stare and try to, I guess, this is what my parents say. They'd say like, oh, she just stares and like, she's just observing everything and everyone at all times. I would hardly cry as a baby too. I just wanted to know the world that I live in before I said a word, I guess. Yeah. Um, but overall, you just seem a bunch of like words that you wouldn't be able to like kind of spell out. So spelling was a hard part. Plus M and N look exactly the same. A nine and a four would look exactly the same. Um, what other letters would look exactly the same? E and three. Mm -hmm. So there'll be times where like, if you go through like my notes as a kid, there'll be like an E instead of a three in my math. <laughs> like, so that's it. Um, reversing letters was definitely one of those things. So seven, like knowing which way the seven goes, that was another one. I think overall it was hard to get inspired to read something to mm -hmm. enjoy something like I just wanted to be cool like the other kids where they could read all the books in the world and there mm -hmm. I was like I'll just carry this book around the playground and pretend to be Belle from Beauty and the Beast and sing out loud no um I could you not I did do that a few times it okay. was, yeah but it was it was more I had to learn how to play the game and pretend that I could read when I was in school but teachers when they call you without raising your hand oh that was the worst I, mm -hmm. I do not like that if you're a teacher listening to that don't do that just just don't do that you don't know what you're getting into you're freaking out a kid well, yeah <laughs> whether you're whether you're talking about somebody that's dealing with dyslexia whether you're talking about somebody that that uh they they freeze because it, it was it demand avoid it something or other um, yeah, we're, we're, we're not trying to avoid it. We're not, we want to participate. It just doesn't work that way in our head. Yeah. And it's funny because then they start thinking you're a lost cause. 
like I don't remember this. Like they used to sort you by reading group and then they would like drop you off. Here are some books on phonics. All right. And then they would leave you alone, but yet they would get like all the stellar kids to be in one group and together. And you just sat there in a corner like, well, this sucks. <laughs> like, I wish I can get into the other group. And I know they did it in a way to like try to get kids to compete with each other. That's not the way either. Like, yeah, you have to find a better way of doing it. But it's hard. Teachers, it's yeah. hard work. Well, and, it's, and I even uh, taught for a couple of years myself. And I was, yeah, I, I was uh, teaching an elective class in eighth grade. Um, which is another part that makes things hard. <laughs> um, but I, that there's, that there's this, uh, one kid that I remember that I, uh, that I had paperwork on with IEP and everything. Um, and one day I was just having so much trouble with that kid in class. And, and, uh, I go to talk to him a little close quarter so I can talk hushed and the kid try to say, well, it's because I didn't take my meds today. And I'm, I'm just like, I don't see it. I don't see, I, now, I, I now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Especially now, I uh, truly, I understand the difference between being on the meds you need to be on and what happens whenever you're not. But frankly, people, if you are in the same boat, whether you're on your meds or not, if you're not on your meds at the moment, doesn't give you the right to be an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and frank, frankly, that's what the kid was doing. You know, it was, it, it was, uh, it was an eighth grade thing combined with, uh, combined with the uh, IEP and all that stuff. And, and I just, I just told the kid, I said, no, the way you're acting the this that that's not something that the that the meds would touch yeah i need you to shape up i need you to at least be non-confrontational at minimum but i need you to i, I need you to meet me a little more this direction <laughs> so yeah it, it's it, it it's yeah it's, yeah teachers be be willing to know what's going on with your kids be willing to the the big word when it comes to teaching these days differentiate yeah oh Dif my god yes differentiate is hard differentiate is definitely hard whenever you have to deal with at least 20 or more kids in a classroom but you don't realize how much some of those kids need that need it um, i mean i mean honestly there are ways now that i know how to like read better if you're someone who is dyslexic and mm -hmm. it's like oh, this would have been so much easier. Um, do you, do you, do you yeah. use like a colored scrim now to help? I know no. a lot of people so that helps them. I basically what I just did was I just kept reading a lot because I wanted to be like the normal kids. Mm -hmm. So Harry Potter was my way of doing that because it was something that engrossed me. I felt connected to Harry mm -hmm. and Hermione. Um, and so I felt that connection. So I kept wanting to read the adventures. And so the reading forced me to learn how to write too, because when you okay. read more books, you have a better understanding of, you know, how a sentence works. Right. Um, and you learn new vocab from when you, more you read. And so that was, that was the game changing moment. But also when I was in college, I would say like, my writing was not as good as I wish it was. Mm -hmm. And so I worked with 
they had a free service for working with students that um, are dyslexic or have any learning disabilities or underrepresented or whatnot. And it, so he sat down next to me and showed me why this is like that. Whenever I had a question about why should it be like this and that, and I learned so much from him that I was able to now write like a college level. So that's like, that's the thing is that you have to keep trying and like just see that you can succeed at anything. You really can, but you have to believe in yourself at the end of the day. Um, also to note that there's going to be many times you're going to fail in life, but you, you're going to be rejected, rejected all throughout your life. I hate to break it, but that's what it goes on in the world, but don't take it as a bad thing. Take it as a learning point. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, shoot. I know, I know where I am with a lot of things in my life right now. I would have loved, I would have loved if I was positioned the way I am, you know, whenever I was going into college, it, it would have been, it would have been wonderful. I think things would have ended up differently for me. The fact is it didn't, but I'm getting there. I, I, yeah. I'm getting there, you know, uh, you know, that, that, that old axiom of don't give up. Yeah. Okay. That's, you know, that may be like, Oh, you know, everybody says, that. Oh, why, why you keep on telling, telling me platitudes? No, they're humans are capable of so much. Yep. If you just put some effort into it. Um, I, I mean, heck the, the, the stuff that I work on in my current job, I, never even thought about touching a lot of this stuff until I took this job and then I took it and run with it. And it's, you know, it's turned into something pretty solid at this point and I'm really loving it. Nice. I love it. See, that's the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, people really do doubt people and doubt themselves and whatnot, but, but in reality, like if you want something in life, you have to work so hard to get it and you're going to have to be okay with rejection. And I think that's the hardest thing because I think humans, we try to be as perfect as possible, but in reality, we're very flawed mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And that's, but that's the cool, beautiful thing, right? Because we're so flawed, that means we get to learn how to be better. And so yeah. I think that should be like the main takeaway is just like, don't give up. It's okay if you, you feel like a failure at times. That everyone goes through these phases just note that like just keep working at it and don't take excuses like just keep working at it if it doesn't work out sometimes it's not meant to be but at the same time if you keep working at it and it's something that you really believe in you have a strong conviction in it you'll get there and, really it's, it, and it's also something too that is that sometimes you're on the right path you just have to shift your view it, literally it's yep. like a, it's like a glass half full glass half empty question um you know the you know once again you're saying trigger words that are making me think of things um <laughs> no it, it's you know I, I i i mentioned uh you know uh, having ocd as well and i have i have ocd to the level that i am by far perfectionist that it could you know, it, it enough where if I'm not careful, it can be a debilitating thing. Yes. Um, yeah. But specifically from that angle, um, it, it's, I still fight it, but it's one of those things that if you take it from the angle of, 
oh, this, you know, it's, this, this is defeat. You know, this, this wasn't just exactly right. And you look at it from the opposite side and say, this is a puzzle. I haven't put in the last piece of the puzzle yet. I, you know, I, I know that's helped me. You know, yeah. hopefully, hopefully that thought process will help somebody that's listening too. <laughs> well, I mean, like the other thing is like right now during COVID-19, it's really hard if you're someone who is recovering from having OCD um, because usually OCD comes from things that happen in life, but mm -hmm. also it can be when you feel like you have lack of control of your own life. Um, and so sometimes you'll catch yourself reorganizing your closet or reorganizing your bathroom at like three in the morning, um, which is legit has happened to me many, many times. And what I've realized, just keep hardly anything and you'll be okay. My home is very minimalist. Like there's really not too much things at all. And it's yeah. also very puppy proof in return of that. So... <laughs> Well, I, I have actually directly been asked before, your, your OCD, I don't see that. And the, the only difference there is that there are certain situations that I do leave alone and it still stresses me out. But, mm -hmm. I, but I, I also analyze the situation, take into account what all I'd have to deal with if I decided to engage and improve what I see. And sometimes they both stress me out, but not doing something stresses me out less. Yeah. Um, so, it, yeah. It, it is a, it's a tricky one. I had a lot more when I was younger. I remember I had like this really weird thing, which was I had to put my jewelry on a certain way. If I didn't, I was worried I would cause bad luck to everyone that I love. And I was like, if you think back now, you're like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> there's no correlation at all. But that is OCD, people. They're, yeah. Well, I it's see. a train of thought that no one, you don't understand what's really going on. It's more of like, you need to feel like if I do something, then I, I have some sort of control of protecting or have certain control of my life, even though it doesn't really matter at all. Well, so, so some, something as simple as if you were to watch me walk around if it, and if there's multiple different surfaces to be walked on, <laughs> you will rarely, rarely, rarely ever catch me switch surfaces with my right foot first. Yep. It is almost <laughs> always my left foot first whenever I do that. Oh my God. Yeah. Or like making sure like, okay, this square is big enough. So I put one foot in this square, put one foot in the other square and I have to go with this foot. Oh crap. The path ended and I landed on this. I've got to have equilibrium. I have to do this. I don't know why, but I have to, <laughs> or else I'm going to think about it for way too long. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Great. I love it. Okay. <laughs> well, there's, we got we got back into yours and mine's both favorite subjects. So let's, yeah. let's, 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 let's try to dive away again. Um, oh, so th this is actually official question number four. Okay, let's do this. Um, <laughs> so so another, another one of those things in your non-infosex section of things about you says that you're a foodie. Oh, yeah. So if, if, if you're a true foodie, then that means some of my food questions, you're going to have some good answers for me. Okay. Go for it. Okay. You have questions? So, so, so let, let's, let, let, let's just actually work our way backwards on the clock. Okay. What is your go-to midnight snack? 
Oh crap. Okay. If I have the chance of going out and about, it would be French fries. I'm obsessed with French fries. Specifically from a certain place or in general? So there's this one place that I really like in Oakland and they, they have these really good French fries, but they also have an incredible sweet potato fries. Mm -hmm. Um, It's called, is it? chicken and waffles i think the place is called it's been a while clearly but i used to go there and like say for example you're hanging out with your friends and you're like i am so hungry let's go get food and it's like two in the morning that's the place i'll be at i love that place okay um so move from move backwards from midnight snack to uh a, a nice special even potentially fancy dinner what, what what's what's the dish <sighs> That I can, that I make or a place that I go out to. Whichever, whatever is at the top of the list. Okay. At the moment. If I could be in Chicago, it'd be a Bad Hunter. No matter what, Bad Hunter is like one of my favorite restaurants um, mm-hmm. if I'm in Chicago. Um, if I'm not in Chicago, I'm in Oakland area or San Francisco. Okay, so Oakland would be Millennium. And then in San Francisco, there's this hole-in-the-wall pupusa place, um, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's so good because I'm obsessed with pupusas, like really obsessed with pupusas. So okay. those, are, those are my, that's not really fancy though. It's definitely not a fancy place. Oh, no, that's fine. That's fine. But there's this place I heard that's really, oh, no, I changed my answer. Burma Love, hands down. It's Burma Love in San Francisco or Burma Superstar or, yeah, I, I love Burmese food. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, all right, so then uh, working backwards, breakfast, but not a, not a uh, fast breakfast of a smoothie or a <laughs> simple breakfast of eggs and bacon. I, I what's what's the ideal breakfast oh i really like a giant piece of french toast that is like my thing um but my my usual go-to breakfast is this is gonna sound i'm gonna sound such a millennial they're gonna write articles about how terrible um, avocado toast avocado toast (laughs) it's just so good um but i i don't do bread so i'm celiac um Mm. so that's one of the things well, there's a lot of bread out there that's gluten-free, but I yeah. tend to really like a brown rice tortilla and I do a whole avocado and I sprinkle some sea salt on it and it's delicious. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I uh, actually tried a uh, pizza with a gluten-free crust one time because I'm like, okay, you know, less gluten is supposed to be good for be you good. anyway. Um, <laughs> the, the pizza wasn't bad, but I figured out I have to avoid gluten-free because whatever it was it just tore me up i had issues all the next day yeah you have to be really careful um so so for me i can't do quinoa at all if i have quinoa i have to go to the emergency room because the pain is so bad wow um yeah i always have to double check on the gluten-free ingredients on that front um you have to be really careful there are so many the thing with gluten-free is the texture is not the same. So you have to mix a bunch of different other things and fillers to make mm-hmm. it kind of seem like the same texture and consistency. 
um, which can be really hard because chances are it's going to probably have more baking soda or baking powder, or it's going to have other things in it that could irritate your stomach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So it's, it, it, if I'm surmising correctly from some of this discussion, um, it, it, it's, it, it sounds like you definitely like, you definitely like to, uh, have your meat every now and then, right? So I have zero meat. I'm, I'm, I'm a terrible vegan. Let's put it that way. And I always tell people terrible vegan. They're like, why are you terrible? Cause I don't push my agenda on people. One. Uh, okay. Um, I also wear leather. So that makes me a very terrible vegan. And then also I like honey when I'm sick. So once again, terrible vegan. Um, I'm actually, I would say more like vegetarian in a sense. It's just yeah. that I'm extremely lactose intolerant being celiac. Um, and eggs just gross the crap out of me since I was little. So, okay, okay. I turned out vegan. <laughs> okay. Um, so, it, so uh, you know, I, I, I then I do talk to plenty of meat eaters. Uh, you're you're definitely the minority there. So, <laughs> so, so let, let's let's hit. Okay. So, in a situation where somebody normally would be having a steak, mm-hmm. what, is, what what is it that is the vegan or vegetarian way to have steak? Mm, That's a good question. So some people like to do kind of like a portable mushroom. Mm-hmm. Um, so they grill it because it has that meat texture. Um, in, in Taiwan, they use their meat replacer can be an oyster mushroom. Mm-hmm. So that once again, it has that meaty kind of feel to it. It's not taste wise. It's just the feel. Um, but usually if there's a meat eater that comes over, I love to cook for friends and family and I love to bake. So if they are meat eaters, I tend to do, I'll do like Beyond Burger or if I can get Impossible Burger okay. um, because that's like the closest to them. And so that's always kind of a good thing because like they'll be like, oh, oh, what this, wait, what? And it, Impossible Burger does it every time. Yeah. Beyond Burger tastes weird sometimes. People are like, this is, this is artificial meat. I just know it. <laughs> yeah. The, well, it's, whenever I was a kid, my, my mom actually, uh, you know, the, we'd have spaghetti usually like once a week for dinner. And there was one time that, that my mom ended up getting the sauce that was like a chunky primavera or something or other. And, so, you know, I've not always, you know, I, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a taste and savor and that type of person. So, especially whenever I was a kid, I wasn't. So I got through eating my spaghetti that night and my mom, uh, my mom asked me how I liked it. And I was like, oh, it's good. It's good. And she said, there was no meat in there. And I was like, no way, no way. <laughs> See, oh. there you go. I yeah. mean, as long as you put a bunch of seasoning on it, like sometimes it can be hard to like know what's going on. I think it has a lot to do with texture. Yeah. I think if you can handle texture more and more of the rich sauce, you can basically do anything with it. I did come across a recipe the other day of using the Nobu. So Nobu's cookbook has one about turning the daikon radish into a steak. Interesting. I'm going to try it out. I'll let you know how it goes, but I'm not thinking that it's going to taste like steak at all. 
um yeah it's it's very hard to get a like a fake steak yeah to be real okay well it's, and uh you know I, i'm uh, in, in, in my older age i've you know my uh as my opinions have refined i'm not about, I, i'm not beyond eating a meatless meal you know but you bring up texture and that uh <laughs> I, i'm i'm only dipping back into our original topic <laughs> long enough because it's because because it's a necessary comment but um but but uh you know, whenever you're talking about somebody being autistic some, one of the one of the really big things is sensory sensitivity yep and and uh you know i always knew i had a weird thing with textures anyway i you know i didn't i i didn't learn about uh my autism diagnosis for you know until about three or four years ago um but i mean that's that's totally it that's totally it. Yeah. it it's it, it is a texture thing because it, it, and and it's it's funny you even brought up texture because I, I was about to say what's your thoughts on tofu yeah so the thing is like as so tofu i'm okay with doing i like to do like agedashi tofu or something like that um it depends how you want to do your tofu. And the thing is like a lot of people that try switch to be vegetarian or vegan, they're like, go straight to the tofu. Um, and you don't have to do that. Um, to be honest, tofu was interesting because as a kid, I loved it. Um, it has a similar texture. If you get like a, like a soft and medium type of texture on tofu, um, you can make a tofu scramble. So it kind of has the same consistency as eggs almost, except egg has like a little bit different, just a tiny bit. Um, but if I have some tofu or some sort of thing that resembles the texture of an egg, I hate it immediately. Hmm. So textures and smells are my thing. So you want to make sure it smells good and you have a good texture, whatever, if you're trying to do like a, a faux meat kind of dish, I guess I would say. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. So let's let's jump out of food um i think i I think i know what the answer on this next question might be go for it but we'll see so are you more of a book person or a movie and tv person oh good question um so i only read a book when i have a day off so uh, usually, uh, Saturdays have not been my day off because there's virtual conferences on Saturdays. Um, but I sometimes I decompress after that and I'll read a book. Like I'll read a whole book. Like that's how I decompress is read a whole book. Now, during the week, it's impossible for me to read a book because my brain does not stop. Mm-hmm. And so the only way for it to stop is watching a movie or watching a TV show. Um, I like things that are cerebral. Um, I don't like horror at all because uh, then I don't sleep. Anything with ghosts just freaks the shit out of me. Like, I hate it. Like, I can't do it. <laughs> I'm scarred here from Sixth Sense when I was little. Like, I can't handle ghost stuff. What, what, what's, your, what, what's your take on uh, uh, the Final Destination movies? Are those horror? I, okay, so they're gory and horror. So, like, I'm kind of, I'm very, I guess I'm, I'm sensitive. So, for me, when I see, like, I know people are like, oh, it's a horror movie. Oh, it's just a movie. It's just fake blood. For me, I'm thinking like, 
no, 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 no. You have to understand. I'm trying to see it from the character's point of view. I'm in this movie with them and I'm seeing this before me. This is creeping me out. Yeah. Like, like, like the one where, where the girl goes flying off the uneven bars and lands weird and ends up just her back is snapped. Oh my God. Yeah. See, I can't handle any of that. It, it creeps I, the crap out of me. Well, it's, it, it's, for, for me, a movie like that, it, it's, it, it's literally okay, I see this coming, I see this coming, I see this coming. Oh, yeah. they're, they're being way too obvious. Oh, yeah, they're leading up to this. Yeah, I, I destroy, <laughs> you can talk to a lot of my family and my friends, they all say, she's going to destroy the movie. She already knows what's going to end up happening. She already is calling out everything. Like every TV show, I'm like, yeah, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. And then my friend turns to me like, you just ruined that for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I have now learned, do not talk at all. I won't talk in a movie theater, but if we're sitting on a couch and we're watching a TV show or a movie and you start talking, I'm going to turn around and tell you, I have a feeling this is what's about to go down and I ruin things. So yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm the same way, the same way. Well, I think when you've watched so much TV shows in your life, you can be very good at predicting things. Like I've watched a lot of movies and shows, probably a lot more than most people think. But, yeah. Well, it's, and even, uh, even uh, you know, not just the way the stories go and stuff, but I've also, I, I've also uh, you know, had people looking at shows differently from, uh, from production methods and production value. Because, mm -hmm. like, for instance, if, if you like to watch uh, HGTV or DIY, a lot of those shows, they'll end up, uh, they'll end up uh, having some uh, voiceover edits in there. Um, or even some of the reality shows too, you know, may, you know, maybe they'll make a little edit as they cut to a different camera angle to add some extra explanation that wasn't there when they first shot it. Well, yep. if you've ever taken a moment to listen, you can actually hear the audio quality just change. Just a very tiny it, bit, but just, you can. So, so sometimes it's a tiny bit, sometimes it's wider, but you could hear that you could hear that there's no natural sound coming off of what you were just listening to and it's a very it's a very uh quiet sound booth there's just a difference to it and yep. yeah yeah whether whether it's that or uh or how like shows that do teasers before they go to commercial break oh, and things like that that's a little worse um you know i, I yeah, you know, I, I yeah, I I share those things with people, and uh, and uh, sometimes you know people like that I share it with. Them. Sometimes people are like, "Oh, could you really?" <laughs> the other the other thing you can do when you're trying to predict what's going to happen next, uh, the one thing you learn in acting is you need to be in that person's shoes. So you got to learn everything. How does that character walk? How does that person look? Do do they have any secrets that like? about another person how would you notice that how would you show that so the thing is you can actually pick up on the actors themselves because they have some hidden knowledge ahead of time yeah. so depending how they look at that one person versus another that could be another good segue yeah. to figure out what they're going to do next absolutely but I'll, I'll tell you for me uh tv shows the ones that the, the, the ones that i end up enjoying more than anything else are the ones that they tell 
such a good story that sometimes I'm not even actually able to predict what's about to happen. Oh, look, Black yeah. Mirror, hands down, very hard to predict. That um, one I, I struggle on. Yeah, it, well, so, it, you know, I, 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 I love um, all the NCIS uh, series and some of the best uh, NCIS episodes uh, that, that I've seen were the ones that end up being multi-part, multi-part stories and they just really dive into, dive into some of the ugliness of the situation they've created for the story. Even the, even the one where, um, where, uh, what was it? It was the, it was the kids that were getting, uh, that they were getting radicalized in the U S and end up, uh, you know, one setting off, uh, one setting off a bomb on the bus. And then they were involved with a group that was planning to use, uh, the uh, a set of bouncing betting lines and um, coordinate them all with a specific wireless signal. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it was still, you know, in retrospect, it was still predictable, but it had me sucked in. Maybe it was, it wasn't that it wasn't predictable. Maybe it just had me sucked in enough where I wasn't thinking about predicting. <laughs> See, that's that's the other thing. When you get really engrossed in something, you just kind of you're just being one with whatever is happening in front of you in the screen. Mm-hmm. And those are good because that's when you turn off your brain. And yeah, people need to take breaks from their brain. Like yeah. at some points, you cannot always be thinking. It's Absolutely. not good. Okay, so moving on to question number seven. Okay. Okay, so you a sports fan? uh not really really. i i was so i was i did a lot of dance when growing up so Mm -hmm. ballet modern dance and classical person dance were my thing um and so i didn't really have time to do that however i do watch the world cup religiously like religiously i will wake up at four in the morning three in the morning to watch the games okay okay yeah i uh i'll do that with the uh rugby world cup Ah, okay um but it's, but even the reason I bring up about the subject about sports, and you don't have to be a sports fan for this question anyway, since since you uh, uh, live in the Bay Area, um, are are people in Oakland pissed about the Raiders leaving? So that's a great question. There are some people that are like, yes, take them, please take them, and then there's some that are like, no, 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 they're our team. It depends. It depends how well they play. At the end of the day, if they're playing terribly, they're like, take them, take them. We're, you're putting all our taxes into something that we don't want and need anymore. Um, but yeah, so I mean, in, in general, that's how people view the radars. It depends okay. on how they're doing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I know, uh, I, I don't know how serious it was, but I know at one point in that pro- in the process of leaving Oakland, they had, uh, they had uh, talked to San Antonio of all places about potentially moving there. And I was like, you know what? That might not be bad, but I could also probably see uh, Jerry Jones and whoever the owner of the Texans are just throwing a fit about that. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think Las Vegas probably is the appropriate place for them. If 
Oakland is going to be fair weather about them at this point. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it depends on who you talk to. There are people here that are like, no, we shouldn't have them. We should use the money elsewhere. And I mean, in Oakland, we're very much dedicated to improving the schools. Mm-hmm. Um, that and we also have a homeless problem. So we have things that we need to pay more attention to. Um, and it, it's sad because I know the Raiders are very much ingrained in the community here. Um, but at the same time, there are other things that we need to be more focused on, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that's, that's very true. A lot of places. It, it really mm-hmm. is. So, um, okay. Question number eight. Uh, who, what, what uh, band was your absolute favorite when you were in high school? The Beatles. I, but I, Seriously? so yeah, so the Beatles are my favorite. The white album is my favorite uh album i can listen over and over and over and over and over and i'll be okay um so when i was growing up the beatles was something that it was the only music that i would listen to at my dad's um so my parents they split when i was very very little but they lived pretty much very close to each other Mm -hmm. and they were they are still best friends to this day um they had a very good which was I was very thankful for and still thankful for yeah. we're very close um but yeah so at my my dad's household we listened to the Beatles my mom's household was opera classical and ABBA and Bee Gees um but dad's was just straight up the Beatles and that was it <laughs> it was either the Beatles or his music that he would write so my dad was very creative so he would write songs and he still writes songs today um he plays the piano and guitar um he actually hitchhiked all the way from New York to come to California to become a songwriter. Wow. Um, yeah. So he went to LA, he did the LA thing and then he realized he wanted to become a teacher because he helped with the UCLA program. Mm -hmm. Um, so he came up to San Francisco area and then he went to school and became a a teacher in creative, creative writing actually. Wow. Okay. Okay. So, so with, uh, with, with the Beatles being, the band when you're in high school what would you say is the absolute best Beatles song of all time uh so oh that's a hard one depends on your mood if you're feeling a little bit emo while my guitar gently weeps if you're feeling very angry help their skelter uh for sure and if you're feeling very playful I am the walrus okay Okay. And I hate the song number nine. That song freaks the shit out of me every time. <laughs> like I can't listen to it. I'm like, oh my god, what were they thinking? Uh, but yeah. Okay. Uh, I I would have to say my favorite is A Day in the Life. Oh yeah. That's um, especially I I love I I I I think some of the you know whenever they release the anthologies. Um, I, I think uh, the, there was a couple of the cuts of a day in the life that I felt were probably actually should have been the ones that were released. They, they, they polished it too much whenever they released yeah. it. Um, but it is what it is. Um, hey then, Jude uh, is another good one. I love Hey Jude. Hey Jude oh. makes like Hey Jude every time. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's one of those songs I, I feel it's so different from most of their other songs. Yesterday is also a really good classic, but it, it's also both of those can be a tear jigger sometimes. So, what about when I'm 64? 
Oh yeah, <laughs> so good. <laughs> did you did you ever uh, read about the background about that how that song came to be? Oh, Tom sixty four. No, not yet. Yeah, you want to well, tell me? <laughs> yeah, it, it's, well, it, it's apparently um, whenever Paul got the idea to write that song, it was inspired by um, the uh, you know the the places that they would play in Liverpool. Um, whether it was them or anybody else, a lot of times, you know, if uh, if uh, there was the, if they were ever uh, out of power, um, then they would uh, then uh, they'd break out instruments and do do songs like that while they didn't have uh, power in the place. So, huh. um, so uh, almost uh, I guess you can almost describe this as a nostalgia play on Paul's part for it to into writing that song. And that, that, that really is the only song in that particular style that I can recall that they ever did. So, but it, okay. it's, it, it, it's, it's a good, funny, jaunty little, little tune. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Question number nine. Um, so, Outside of what we talked at, talked about at the beginning of the podcast, if you could set out to change the world and there was no restrictions, nothing keeping you from doing whatever you're going to do, how would you change the world? Oh my God. Uh, well, I wouldn't be the one changing the world. I think many of the issues we have in the world is because people are making decisions are not talking to the people that's going to affect the most. So I think one of the things is actually listening to people and knowing what would be the impact on your decision making. I think a lot of times we have uh, politicians that are more out there for their own ego and for their own power. And it's less about what am I going to do that's going to make the world a better place and actually represent their community and their people. So I have that. And then also representation. I think representation is so important. You've got to have representation and to have equal voices across the board. Um, one of the things I always, when I would go to developing countries and help out and like see what was going on with nonprofits over there, usually the ones that were not actually doing enough in the community were ones that were run by Westerners. Um, and the reason for that is that you see a lot more of a significant growth and better strategy plans um, that work better in that particular culture and that community because it's the people that are running it and know how the community works and what things will work, what things won't work. And so I think that's one of the things is that we have to be aware of our culture where we stand. So if I could change the world, I would want to do is bring people that represent all different walks of life. So everyone has an equal voice, not one over another. Um, Basically, I would rather like have redo the UN would be great. Uh, <laughs> and like really find people that are genuine. And it's yeah. so hard to find in politics is find someone who actually is doing this because they want to make a difference. It's not about them. It's about the people. That is what you're supposed to do as a politician. Yeah. Well, it's, and, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of people say, oh, the process is screwed up and this and that. And, the, you know, like the people that want to get rid of the electoral college for yeah. instance. Um, no, I mean, if, if you look at processes in place, the processes are actually pretty solid on paper. It's the fact that people, it, 
literally, if you go and look at it, after George Washington left office, they all of a sudden said, oh, there's power to be had. Let's, let's corrupt the process. That's whenever they started creating political parties and everything else. And it's just like, okay, if you go back and you read the paper, it does not provide description for a professional politician. Why? Because politicians at that time were nobles who were permanently in their position and they were out of touch. Yeah. And so, and so the idea behind how, how the form of government was first set up was one to provide for, provide for solid management of processes, but the intent was to still have, go do your service to the people and then go home and plow your freaking farm already. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and that and uh, some somewhere along the line, they figured out, oh, I get more power, I get more money if I stay here instead of going home to my farm. And I I, I hate that. I, I I think we would see such a such a uh, better outcome if we were to do that. Come serve your period of time. Go home. Don't make DC your your life. Um, yeah. it, it's and just a little bit of a uh, a, a little bit of a uh, sidetrack here. Um, I it, for, forms of government in the world is something that I'll stop and just and read about anytime <laughs> I come come across something that looks anywhere even like unique. So, are you familiar with uh, San Marino? San Marino. San Marino. Uh, tell me a little bit more. Maybe it, we'll drive something. It, it, it is a, it is an enclave country uh, that is um, surrounded entirely by Italy. Um, much, much like uh, Vatican City has, um, they have agreements with Italy for things like defense and stuff like that. Okay. But uh, they are that they are their own sovereign nation. It's. It, it's probably uh, similar in size to uh, Monaco, maybe a little bit smaller. Um, but in San Marino, they have a they have a uh, council of people, and the council of people um, it basically is the, if I remember correctly, it's been a little while since I read this, but basically they're the legislative body, and they is and they actually appoint two people from that council to serve as co-executives. And that's like six months or a year at a time. So you do have continuity of, of running the country going on, but nobody gets comfortable in that position of power. And something that they have written into their laws is that immediately whenever the people uh, that were in the co-executive position come out of office, there's a period of time, and I think it's like another six months after they come out of office, that anybody that has any grievances toward how they handled themselves, if they did something, if they did something shady, if they did something illegal, anything like that, they can they can bring it forward and it will be heard like any other case in courts. Yeah. And it's 
you know, and and I'm like, that's, you know, that that that's holding people's feet to the fire. That's telling them, yeah, okay, you've got power, but make smart decisions because in the long run, you are going to have to answer for what you did. Yeah, and we don't have a lot of that going on with with our government these days. <laughs> we need better checks and balances. Yeah. So, hey, who 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 knows? Maybe we'll get to see the impeachment circus again, uh, but sometime between now and whenever this episode. Drops. Oh my god. <laughs> hey, if if the Democrats take the Senate and keep the House, but Trump still wins, I. I, I can see a scenario where they try it again. I don't know. Yeah, uh, we'll see. I, I, I try not to think about it too much because, because as all the polarizing opinions started coming out in the year or two, whenever Trump first started running before this last election, I found myself like physically getting stressed out. Yeah. Trying to talk to people online. Look, like, like like literally you know i you know good thing i ended up going to the doctor anyway i need to go to the doctor but combined with a, you know with one of the things the doctor needed to check on me with and all that stress i'm surprised i didn't have a stroke literally yeah uh it's it's really scary um yeah. i'm i'm nervous for this country i really am same i just hope things get better I really do. But it, it, no matter how they get better, no matter who it is, no matter what the way forward is, it needs to improve. That's something, yeah. we, that's something oh, we can agree on. I feel like every single person across the U.S. would be like, I agree. We need to make things better. Of course, how we make it better, that's the difference. But the thing yeah. is, I think pretty much everyone wants to make sure that the world's better for their kids, in yeah. a sense. Or yeah. for, not their kids, but for the future. Um, I think we can always agree on that. And that's the thing, like, we always need to always understand is that even if we don't agree with each other's political views, at the same time, we all have the same thing, which is we want a better future. Yeah. How do we get there together? Yeah. The the, the goal is the same. You're right. Okay. So question number 10, question number 10 is kind of my standard question number 10 at this point. Um, What has been, and this, I'm looking for two separate answers here what has been the best advice you've received and the worst advice you received (laughs) um i don't know if i put it as the worst advice i've ever gotten uh but it was that you can't do that i guess in reality when someone tells you oh you can't do that i'm like oh yeah motivation that motivation all the way um yeah, so on that one, I don't know which one to put that in. Um, but I would say I like the whole the whole belief that I think my – I want to say both my parents really installed this in me, which is, you know, ask the question who that person is. Like whenever you see – one thing I always would do when I was little and still to this day, every time I see a stranger, I'm like, I wonder what's their story. Like if I'm in a grocery parking lot, I'm like waiting in my car. I'm like, I wonder what that person's story is. I'm curious. The thing is, always be curious in life. Constantly learn new things. Honestly, at the end of the day, it's going to make you a better person. And I know, so you're like, but uh, what happens if I don't want to be a better person? I like who I am. 
it's not about that. It's about just being a human being. Like we need to, we need to work on ourselves because our actions have an impact on someone else and it can be a positive or negative one. And by knowing each other's stories and having a better way of taking a step back to view a situation, we have a better understanding not to take it so harshly, but also to see it as, oh, all right, I need to work on this. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing is we have to be a little bit more open to uh, criticisms. And of course, there are sometimes there's criticisms that are not something you need to work on. Like I don't get, I, I still don't get to this day why I keep getting DMs from people saying, you should spend more time in the kitchen and worry more about getting married and having kids. I'm like, thanks. Uh, what? <laughs> so. That's kind of part of the conversation I had with, with uh, Katie the other day. It's like, no, really? Everybody has their own path. What works for yeah. you doesn't work, doesn't necessarily work for anybody else. So yeah, yeah people need to cut that kind of stuff out. Oh yeah, definitely on that front. But yeah, okay. I think, I think I answered a question on that one. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So since we hit the end of 10 questions, uh, like I mentioned at the top of the podcast, I give you a chance to uh, plug your project there with uh, Alyssa and Phil. Um, and uh, ho hopefully, hopefully it's still going on. Hopefully it's, hopefully it's yep. not a limited edition, you know, short-term type thing. Uh, so that way there's still new episodes coming whenever this one drops. Yep. yep. So uh, every other week we drop a new podcast with ITSP called The Uncommon Journey with Phil Wiley and Alyssa Miller and myself, um, basically showcasing everyone's entrance into InfoSec and how they stayed in it and like their main takeaways and advice that they have. Another thing that I can drop is also I run uh, the Hacker Book Club, which meets every Tuesday at 5 p.m. I do have a co-monitor um, these days, which is great. Um, but it's basically we read books written by the hackers and the hacker community comes in and, and participates and also attends them. And we have usually the, the writers themselves will be a guest at one or two of the events. Um, so that's always open to everyone. And then women hackers, if you are non-binary or a woman and you hack at no matter what level you are, we'd love to have you. And women hackers, feel free to go on our website, fill out the form, or just DM me. All right. And in uh, quick question, the Hacker Book Club, books mm -hmm. written by hackers, does it, it, is it any kind of book written by hackers? It's so basically we have the community vote on what books to read. So okay. uh, we have Cult of the Dead Cows next. Right now we're reading um, Hacking Connect Cards from uh, Alyssa uh, Knight. Um, but yeah, and before that we read Tribe of Hackers, the first book. Mm -hmm. um, and then later this uh, year we'll be doing all the red team, the blue team, and the leadership editions of the book. Okay. And, and the reason I ask is because if, if I could finally get one started, man, biographical books, not what I would write. Technical yeah. books, not really as well. Yeah. It's, you know, just, just, you know, the thought process of, you know, some, you know, if, if there was a novel that was, uh, that, that was written, even if it, even if it was a novel, not about hackers, but it was written by a hacker. Yep. Is, is that something that's in That play? is still okay. okay. So anything, it's, it's a way to give back to the hacker community because we're so tiny as it is mm -hmm. um, for us to basically be able to connect with each other, learn about each other um, 
And I think that's one of the things. It's it's really hard to write a book and then like push it out there. So this is a way had to have your own community read it and and also give you feedback and also to listen and ask questions. Because every time I read a book, I have a ton of questions. So I'm like, I gotta ask all these questions. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. De- definitely. I definitely need to put your podcast on my list. Um, <laughs> And uh, I'll listen to that. I'll catch up to that. Um, and yeah, like I said, people will be listening to this in 2021. So we'll see. will be around. We'll, 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 we'll see what the world looks like whenever we get to that point. So hopefully we have vaccines. <laughs> <laughs> I want vaccines. Vaccines. Vaccines, <laughs> indeed. So, um, but hey, Chloe, I had fun. Uh, definitely, Me too. De- de- definitely fine. You know, I found plenty of stuff that I think we could probably talk about for days on the end so i look forward to talking to you again in whatever form and uh yeah thank you excellent thank you for having me this was awesome let me know if you want to pick my brain next time on just brain and we can go deep dive <laughs> i i will definitely take you up on that